Good evening. Thank you so much for logging on for our Christmas Eve service. I am so sorry that we had to cancel our candlelight services. We are going to share this golden oldie one, uh, candlelight service with you from a number of years ago. We, after I talked to the deacons, just felt as though it was just the safest thing to do for our church family, where we have definitely been exposed to COVID. Um, we won't know whether we have contracted it, but we very possibly could have. Certainly, uh, the grand boys were sitting in my lap, Sandra Joe, they were came in and out of the building with us. Um, so we just want to be, be safe. We want to help you be safe. So we just felt as though this was the best thing to do for tonight. But we want to wish you a very Merry Christmas. We are sad that we can't be together at this time, but I would be so much sadder if we caused an outbreak. So God bless you. We love you. And we will see you Wednesday night. This Sunday morning is going to also be live streamed. And Sunday evening, there were very few people who were going to be able to come. So we're just going to go ahead and let that be. We'll cancel Sunday night. But we will see you Wednesday night at services. Thank you. Enjoy the golden oldie from a number of years ago. Thank you. Bye. Let's open our service with a word of prayer. Father in heaven, we come before you and we praise you and just absolutely lift our hearts up to you in worship as we reflect on the birth of our Savior. We thank you for such a gift, a sacrifice from you, that we ourselves might find hope, peace, salvation in the Savior. Lord, I pray that tonight, throughout the service, in every way, we might honor you. We might point others to the Christ that they also may find this peace that you offer. We thank you, Lord. We praise you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
invite you to stand with me. Together we're going to lift up our voices as we sing angels from the realms of glory. Father, the Prince of Peace. Voice. It trembles at his voice. 
Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 down through 25. It says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all of this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Jesus. 
Christmas Eve candlelight service. We're here because of Jesus. We're here because of his birth. So when it comes to Christmas, we need to understand it. You might say, well, Pastor, I think we understand what Christmas is all about. But yet at the same time, we live in a society today where people seem to be so thoroughly confused. I think uh, some people think that Christmas is really about a social battle. You hear on the news all this time, all the time, this, this war on Christmas, social battle. It's become some kind of a, a battlefield to argue about and fight about. That's not what Christmas is about. Some folks think Christmas is really about giving gifts and receiving gifts and seeing family and having parties. All fun. It's not really what Christmas is about. 
I read for you a little bit ago, Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. And when you look in that, just that brief piece of scripture, you find all that we need to know about what Christmas is about. You might think, well, there, there surely has got to be so much more, so much more explanation. How can there be so much controversy about something so simple? That's that ever-going battle between good and evil. It will go on forever until God closes the books. But really, Christmas is so simple. There are three things I want you to see tonight that are about Christmas, that we might understand. First of all, first of all Christmas is about God. And sometimes we forget that. That it's really all about God. He had a desire. He wanted to see something come to pass. Before he ever brought you and I into the world. Going all the way back to creation itself. He had a purpose that he wanted to fulfill. In fact, when we go to our text there in Matthew chapter 1 verses 18 through 20... We see that it starts out simply by saying to us, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. And he begins to lay out for us how the birth of Jesus Christ was. And in that we come down to verse 21 that says, And she shall bring forth a son, thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. You see, that's what it's all about. God had a plan to pay for the sins of all mankind. He had that plan all the way back before mankind even sinned. God had a plan. And it's simply because, according to 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, He does not desire for any to perish, but that all should come to repentance. No matter who we are, no matter when we lived, no matter what our status in life, God does not desire that any of us would go to hell. So he himself, God himself, so loved the world that he left heaven above, that he might give his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. You see, Christmas is about God. It's about the fact that he loves you and I. And loved us so much that he was willing to, to be born of a virgin as a child, grow up in a carpenter's home, and face the cruelties of life and the cruelty of death for you and I. But it's not just about God. When you read through this text, you also see that it's about miracles. And sometimes we forget about what a miracle Christmas really is. It's about miracles. Without miracles, there would be no Christmas. In fact, when we look down here at verse 18, it tells us, now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was a spouse to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with a child of the Holy Ghost. That's a miracle. Because here you find a young woman who's a virgin, who's a spouse to her fiancé, and before they ever came together, all of a sudden she is found with a child. 
You know, within our text, there are three places where the Bible emphasizes that she was a virgin. And there's a reason for that. He wants to make sure that we really understand it. Because the word virgin, you know, there's always that kind of uh, argument that goes on. Well, maybe it was just a very young girl, but she really wasn't a virgin. Well, if that's the argument, then let's look at the other texts. Because it tells us here in verse 20 that this young lady has a child of the Holy Ghost. That's what the last part of verse 20 says. It says, as, as the angel spoke to Joseph, he said, Fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. So God wants to make it very clear. If you're confused about the miracle of a virgin having a child, I want you to understand that this child is of the Holy Ghost. He wants to clarify the miracle of it. So he emphasizes it's before they ever came together. She is a virgin, and the child is of God. You see, Christmas, it's about a miracle. But not just one miracle, more than one miracle. Because you also come down through this text, and you see that angels come and speak to men. That's a miracle. I've never had an angel come down and speak to me that I'm aware of. I've never gone ahead and just walked down the sidewalk and had somebody come walk up and say, Hi, I'm, a mirror, I'm, I'm an angel, and I've come to chat with you. Now, my automatic reaction would be, mm, I've got to see this a little more before I'm going to buy that. Because I would know for an angel to come and talk to me would be a miraculous event. But when we look in this text, we find that an angel comes and speaks to Joseph. That's what it tells us in chapter 1, verses 20 and 21. It says, But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. So we have this miracle as well. Not only do we find a virgin who bears a child of the Holy Ghost, but we find an angel come down and talk to Joseph. In fact, when it comes to the Christmas story, that's not the only place that an angel comes and speaks. Because we know that Mary herself, the angel had come and spoken to her in Luke chapter 1, verses 26 on down. And we know that the angel is also going to come and speak to the shepherds out in the shepherd's field and tell them, you need to go and see the child. So isn't it amazing that when it comes to understanding Christmas, yes, it's about God, but it's also about miracles. And the greatest miracle of all is in verse 23, where it says, Behold, a virgin shall be with child. And shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. That's the greatest miracle of, it all, of all. God with us. The very idea that God would leave heaven to come to earth to abide with us.
to endure all that he endured and face the cross willingly for your sins and mine? You see, Christmas is about a miracle. So we've already begun to understand from this little text that Christmas is about God and his desire to save mankind. It's about miracles without a doubt. But then we also look in the text and find out that Christmas is about people. People just like you and I. Just regular folk. All of a sudden we read in the text there and we see that they're like us and we're like them. And the Christmas story happens all around them. The first one you note is maybe Mary herself. We're introduced to her. And as we look in the text there in verse 18, it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise when as his mother Mary was a spouse to Joseph. And then it goes on and talks to us about that. So we meet a young woman by the name of Mary. And all through this sanctuary, all through this room, are young women just like Mary. What made her so unique? When we look at other scriptures, when we look at other texts, it tells us that she was a holy girl. She was a girl who truly strove to walk with God. But I've known many young women like that. But God had a purpose. He chose her because he had a plan. And do you know that God has a plan for you in your life too? He's got something for you. You just have to be willing to say, here I am, Lord, use me. Mary was willing. God looked down and chose a young woman who had a pure heart, willing to do what God had asked her to do. But then as we read down in the text, we encounter Joseph in the very first verse. It says, now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph. Before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. So we're introduced to a young man, a hardworking guy, a, a guy who worked with his hands, a carpenter. He's not a rich king. He's not a prince. He's not some powerful politician or celebrity. He's just a regular guy. And God chose him. And all through this room are, are just regular guys. Guys like Joseph. Guys who get up on Monday morning and they go to work. They work hard all day and they come home at the end of the day and they're tired. They get up and they do it again on Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday. They do it because they love their family and they're involved in their community. They're a part of society. And they know that they have a role to play and they do their job. Joseph, just a regular guy. But God had a purpose for him. Just like you. Now the interesting thing about Mary and Joseph is they had kept themselves pure. Isn't that interesting? Such a contrast to the society we live in today. Here they are engaged, they're a spouse, one together. And, and in, in fact, in Jewish law at that time, it's, it's as if you were married, but you were not to come together until the ceremony of marriage. 
and they had kept themselves pure. They had done that because it was right, because it was right in the eyes of God, and it was right in their culture and in their society, and they strove to do that which was right. And you know, all through our culture and our society, all through our church, there are young men and young women who purpose in their hearts to do right. I believe that. Sometimes if we're not careful, we demonize everybody. And we forget that there are good people all around us who choose to do right. So we meet people, Mary, Joseph, and then we're introduced to, Je to Jesus himself. When you come down into te the text, he starts off, we're first introduced to him in verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. So in our short few verses, already we've met Mary, Joseph, now Jesus. And who is Jesus Christ? The interesting thing, his name tells us everything about him. The name Jesus simply means Savior. The name Christ means anointed or Messiah. And when you come down to verse 23, it tells us that he shall be called Emmanuel, being interpreted God with us. So when we meet Jesus and we hear his name, Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, we all of a sudden know everything we need to know about him. Jesus, the Savior. Christ, the anointed Messiah. Emmanuel, God with us. So we find that Christmas is about people. Mary, Joseph, Jesus. But what about us? Are we not a part of it as well? Well, let's look and see. Because when we come down and we read all the way through the text, we come down to verse 21 and listen to what it says. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. People from their sins. You see, the Bible teaches we are all people who are sinners. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And each and every one of us who are honest to ourselves, we step back and say, yes, I have sinned, for I am a sinner. And God says, but I want to save you from your sin. You see, Christmas is about us. Yes, it's about God. Yes, it's about miracles. Yes, it's about the people of Mary, Joseph, and Jesus. But it's about us. For God truly, his heart breaks. He does not desire that any of us should perish. So he himself was willing to come that he might pay for our sins. In fact, Luke chapter 19 verse 10 says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. God desires... Through Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, to save the souls of mankind. 
So when we look in Matthew chapter 1, and we read verses 18 down through 25, we see all we need to understand what Christmas is all about. Not only historically, but personally. What it's about for me and for you. Because God let Christmas happen so that we could find salvation, forgiveness, peace, security, eternity. God wanted to give us a gift. I was working in my office just a little while ago. And one of the families came upstairs and their little girl came up and she had this big wrapped gift. Little, little girl, toddler girl, she comes in, she says, Pastor, I have a gift for you. And she's so excited. I'd dance around like her, but it would scare you. Just <laughs> dancing around. She's excited to give me a, a, a gift. And so I, I go ahead and I start unwrapping it. She's so excited, she starts unwrapping it with me. So she's unwrapping it. She's unwrapping it. And it's an inflated ball. And so she, the wrapper comes off, and she's bouncing it in the air. She's bouncing it off the ceiling in my office. She was so excited to give me that gift. And that's only one little tiny bit of how excited God is to give you and I the gift of Christ. So excited that he would plan from creation itself, beyond creation itself, throughout all the prophecies of the Old Testament, all the way to the coming of Christ, all the way to our day here in 2017, getting ready to peak into 2018. God wants to give you a gift. The gift of Christmas. The gift of Christ. The gift of Jesus, the Savior. The gift of Emmanuel, God with us. What are you going to do with that? You know, when that little girl came in my office, I could have said, I'm too busy, I'm too important. Turn that child away. Would have been a horrible thing to do, wouldn't it? But do you know there are people who do that to Jesus and the gift of God all the time? Oh, no, no, I'm too busy for that. I'm too smart for that. I'm too rich for that. I'm too powerful for that. And they turn away the gift, the free gift that God offers, that we learned about in the Bible tonight. What are we going to do? God does not desire that any should perish. And he wants to give us a free gift. So I'm going to tell you what to do. By faith. By faith. You simply turn to him in prayer and you say, yes, Lord, I am a sinner. Please forgive me. And I accept, 
I accept your gift by faith. Let's bow our heads. And as we come to the end of our service tonight, maybe you, right where you are tonight, would like to pray that prayer. And I'm going to pray it with you. I just want you to pray along with me. But not like a ritual. I want you to pray it from the deepest sincerity of your heart. For the Bible says, for with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So I'm going to pray the simple sinner's prayer. I want to share that gift with you tonight. And if you sincerely believe, then pray with me. Father in heaven, Lord, I am a sinner. Please forgive me. And Lord, I accept the gift, the gift of Christ. I ask you to come into my heart and into my life to save my soul. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for such a marvelous and wondrous gift. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. At this time, I'm going to have some ushers pass out some candles, and we're going, to, we're going to sing a beautiful song at the end of our service and have everybody light a candle. Now, I want you to think about that candle as you light it tonight. Think about the light that is meant to light the world. So, ushers, if you could come up. I need ushers to do the offering as well as candles, so I need extra ushers. Brother John is going to come up and he's going to lead us in Silent Night. Louis, would you ask the blessing on the offering and also ask God to be with us as we light our candles and sing praises to him? Amen.
Would you please stand with me? And if you haven't, go ahead and light your candle. We went to the battery-operated ones so all the little kids could participate with us and not risk the burning. But tonight, lift your voices with me as we close our service by singing Silent Night, Holy Night. Silent Night, Holy Night, all is calm, all is bright, round yon virgin mother and child, holy infant so Father, thank you so much for this time to come in your house and celebrate the birth of our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for the many that has come out to worship you and be with us as we go from this place and we have our celebration and we, we exchange gifts and we fellowship one with another. Help us to remember and reflect on the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ, and the free gift of salvation that he gives to us so freely. We thank you and we love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for coming. We're dismissed.